0: Crazy, disruptive, explicit—we say it like it is. Real-world sales and marketing, real stories from the road. Yeah, it's the real shit. This is the Reak havoc Podcast,
1: and we're back after a one-week hiatus. I know. Think of it like are- a summer vacation. Right, it was summer vacation. It's summer, and we took a vacation. A so- sabbatical. We did not record last week. It's the first time since the beginning of our time, the inception of conception is it conception or inception? Inception. I those confused.
0: Yeah, uh, conception involves
1: something else. Okay. Well, I could draw you a diagram. Right now, got I some appreciate some pictures or Google it or something. I guess I could Google it. I wouldn't <laughs> Google say, that. Google.
0: That you're going to get into. You're going to get into some deep
1: grass there. Oh. Huh. But you know what? The good news was is laying off for a week now, two weeks, and and skipping over a week. I think I. Uh, I came up with just so much more ideas, and and I came back with a better vibe.
0: Oh, you know, really? My, yeah.
1: I came back with a positive vibe. You're more positive? Mm-hmm. Well, your baseline was, <laughs> Pretty, shall low. we say, low. Pretty low, honestly. I mean, yeah. it's not hard to beat, but I I sat and thought about it. I'm like, okay. Were you on the toilet? I probably was.
0: That's where I do my best thinking.
1: I do that a lot. I was just sitting there thinking on the toilet, probably. And uh, Does your voice echo when you think? Bad. yeah. I have a different voice, when I think. It's more, it's more, it's Sam Elliott's voice. <laughs> so, it's something like this, where you're sitting on the toilet and it goes, Hey, Mio. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Have you Mio. ever wondered why otters hold hands when they sleep?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. Like that? Yeah, that's exactly how my thoughts go. So, I, in Sam nowhere. Elliott's voice, I, uh, I thought, you know what? We need a little positivity in this world. <laughs>
0: yeah! Have you, have
1: you been? Yeah, I don't know if you've actually recently woken up or been alive or opened your eyes at all in the last six months. But positivity would go a long way right now. I said we need to do a podcast. We have a podcast. We have a platform mm-hmm. with millions and of millions listeners. and millions of listeners. We could affect the future, and we have the power of these microphones to make a difference and be positive. God. I need to. Cue. So I was sitting there. Think. Wish we it. had
0: some like good music that I could cue up and be like, dun, dun, dun. like the the fanfare for the for the common man. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. We should have done
1: that. That would have been great. We don't though. Some forethought and maybe. Yeah. yeah. But what I did is I thought I'm like and so then I sat there and I thought I'm like you know what we need to get like a super ultra positive guest somebody that's super positive. Mm-hmm. I, Olaf. I, I was like okay. That's need, you got you got Olaf from Frozen. Rack in my brain. I'm thinking. I go. We need a super positive person with a great personality, super fun to talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, so I called Lindsay Webb. No. Nope. Lindsay Sainer, sorry. Yeah. And she was busy. Well, great. So then I called Andy.
0: Well, hey. Okay. Number number one. <laughs> number
1: one on the male side of that of course. One and a half. He he was one and a half. I'm just kidding. I uh, actually thought of Andy right away because this guy is literally the most positive person in the world. In the whole world? Possibly in the, way. the world. I'm sure there's some sort of weird freaky freak out there that's probably more positive. Ned Flanders. He's, he's tastefully positive.
0: Let's Heidi Ho, your neighbor.
1: Right. He's tastefully positive. Wait, hold on a second. Do you ever
0: say Heidi Ho? No. Good. <laughs> because I was going <laughs> to shut this down right now.
1: <laughs> he Heidi did. Ho, they neighbor. No, so uh, we've got with us Andy Hart. Uh, we go back a little ways, met through business, which works out great for this podcast. Mm-hmm. We actually were, uh, he was selling my product. He was a salesman for a company that we did uh, business with. And immediately I saw. You fell in love. Extreme potential. Yeah, there was angels and birds singing. And it was like there were harps. Like that? Like that. It was just like that. And uh <laughs> so then we
0: That was really well time we Really did it. it off. <laughs> Ladies it and awesome. gentlemen, that was real we time. We
1: finally hit it. We <laughs> finally did it. We did not edit that in. That we was real time. And everybody went. I enjoyed it though. I enjoyed it. Lindsay that's enjoyed it. Right, Lindsay? <laughs> that's that's what it's all about. <laughs> so uh but literally saw the potential in this guy, and the one thing that blew me blew me away was just like his positive attitude. because he, he was in a situation where he, wasn't the best situation from a sales standpoint, he was, you know, fighting a battle a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, as the one thing I just was like, this guy's got way more potential and he's super positive. I'm like, he could go anywhere and really do anything with when that. And you pulled him aside,
0: put your arm around him, said, mm-hmm. Son. We actually
1: <laughs> sat in the car, we sat in my truck and, uh, did a little drive together. So it's romantic. That is romantic. Yeah. Anyways, Andy, tell us a little bit about you, like, kind of give us a little bit of background. Um, you don't have to go back to like, you know, how your parents did it or anything. But like if you want to just go back to maybe uh kind of where you've been in your adult life or where you started, where you grew up and uh, how we ended here. Don't start at conception. Okay. Yeah, that gets weird. <laughs>
2: um so I will start quite a ways back just because it kind Very of closer. pertains closer. to there yeah, yeah. right there
0: there you go. Get on it. Yeah. Be nice and friendly with it. Okay. Think of it as think of it as a little positive thing. Mm. So,
2: I was actually born in Norfolk, Virginia. My dad was in the Navy, my real dad. And uh, shortly after I was born, we moved to Thousand Oaks, California. Um,
0: are there a thousand oaks there? Probably. You didn't count them. Yeah,
2: I was pretty young. <laughs> he was busy. That's
0: your inside voice Be like, I wonder if there are
2: a thousand oaks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. It's so all good. So, uh, kind of moved around the West Coast, and then my parents divorced when I was eight. And my mom remarried. And uh, my stepdad, I kind of considered my real dad. He was a definite role model for me and uh, grew up in Vancouver, Washington, pretty much from that time on. And uh, grew up LDS. And
1: uh, You're recovering now, though. You're recovering LDS. Yes, yeah,
2: I, I am a recovering LDS.
1: Oh, my heck. Recovering Mormon. Cheese and rice, guys. <laughs> oh. Cheese and rice.
2: So, uh I did the whole mission thing, went to Tennessee, but. Hold on a second.
0: You served your mission in Tennessee?
2: Mm hmm. Okay. My sister went to Brazil and I got Tennessee. <laughs> I was going to say,
0: <laughs> did you have to
1: learn a language? He did. He's like, God damn down,
2: <laughs> down, down, down.
1: I'll
2: figure that out. It's really not Hopefully that won't far off. Hopefully, we don't have a lot of fans in like Tennessee. F- my first week, um, I was chased off a doorstep in the middle of the town. With a shotgun, yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: that is uh, awesome. that builds character. <laughs> that that does build some character. Well, we're gonna loop back around to this because I you w- never actually, come back. I've heard these stories, and I, I actually have reasons for him bringing this up, and we're gonna go back to that. At some and
2: point. you know, nothing speaks like gospel, warm feelings like getting chased off a shotgun on Easter Sunday. So,
0: oh, it was on Easter. You didn't say that part,
2: but. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was that exact day, but it was real close to there. We were walking. We lived in this, like, little single-bedroom house um, across from this apartment complex, and there's this apartment complex had set up, like, a horseshoe set up in the backyard. And uh, I had never played horseshoes <laughs> as a kid. I don't know why or how I missed that's out a, on that. That's a whole other weird story. Yeah.
1: I don't know how that happened.
2: So There was this no guy horseshoes. from the Hell's Angels... Who asked Perfect. us if we wanted to play horseshoes? And I'm like, well, I don't even know how to play. But um, did he sound like Sam Elliott? He kind of did. He had a raspy voice like he'd smoked about of a, three packs a day. Play some horseshoes, hey Mormon. So I made him <laughs> a deal: ready? if I beat him at horseshoes, then he would listen to one of our lessons. Oh, I love wow. that! That is awesome. And if I didn't, then I'd never talk to him about the gospel ever again. <laughs> And so he's like, you, "All right, I'll you take a that." Born bet. salesman, <laughs> I'm telling you. And I beat him at horseshoes, and he honored it, and <laughs> let us give him a discussion. So the Lord granted
0: me. Did you convert him? <laughs> a supreme no. skill no. in Damn horseshoes
1: it. would have been great if then. The end of the story is like, and then we put him in some Jesus jammies and dipped him in the water and <laughs> Bishop <came over. laughs> Bishop badass. <laughs> But, sorry, I got a little off the subject there. No, that's did on the subject. Okay. This it's is what we do. And we may just go, oh, you know, I don't know why I'm playing by some kind of fucking rules. I make yeah. the rules. I can do whatever I want, right? Yeah. So let's just, I really want to get into this because part of the whole thing, I mean, I know I'm, we're here on positivity and, and I think there's some tie-ins to this too. And, and anyone that knows me knows I, I, I bang on the, on the LDS church a little bit, but <laughs> um, I've had some issues with some of their... Uh, Doctrine parishioners and their business beliefs. And uh, as far as I can tell, the church owes me something like $85,000 or something. But anyways, for, for people that just completely screwed me out of money. But anyways, uh, I, um, I, I do believe like what you went through, like the whole, like you want to talk about sales one oh one. I mean, you're hands down one of the best salesmen I've met. And I, I, I'm honestly, that's saying a lot. I know a lot of really good salesmen and I, I mean, there's times where I teach salespeople how to sell stuff, and I literally, I've, as soon as I met you, I'm like, dude, this guy can sell fucking ice to an Eskimo. Like, he's, he, every, every, <laughs> fucking think of every sales thing you've heard, the whole, uh, you can sell ketchup, popsicle to a girl in white gloves, or, what you know, what? there's all kinds of cheesy wow. sales lines. You're that guy. Like, you're the guy. Like, I've never met anybody. Who, we were driving home. From di- So we're all meeting here to record this, and I had a dinner with my parents tonight, and so we're you guys all got here ahead of me. So I can see on the cameras when everyone's getting home, and I'm like, oh, well, Jody and Andy already got there, and they don't know each other, so you know, I'm sure they'll be all right. And Heather's like, Andy has never met a stranger. Like, literally, he's going to be just fine. And she's like, and Jody's not far behind. Them. I'm very but, shy. But uh, I literally have never met somebody that can just... just walk up to anybody and talk to them about shit and i gotta believe i mean i know there's part of that's just your genetics and you're probably that way as a kid or whatever but there's a lot of that to be said for i think that the mormon missionary thing where you're forced to walk up on a step that you may encounter a shotgun in tennessee on a sunday that's the kind of thing that makes you like yeah i can go talk to this guy about freaking uh selling them whatever i think it
0: sounds like a new reality tv show
1: Extreme cold calling, (laughs) sharing the gospel. I mean, don't you think? I mean, did you just, I mean, were you as comfortable day one of your mission as you were on, you know, day 600 or 700 or whatever it was when you left?
2: So, yes and no. Um, The funny thing is, is I had never been away from home for more than two weeks at a time prior to my mission. So I actually felt like I was totally out of my element. Because I was so homesick and so I'd say it's probably better at the first half of my mission because I was focused. Right. And the second half of my mission, I was focused (laughs) on going home. Right. Um, But I, yes, it it had a huge factor in my ability because, I mean, in primary you're giving talks and most of my... Upbringing, I, I would say, was positive being in you know the LDS church and gives you good principles and values and mm-hmm. whatnot. But um, I'd say that and my passion for automobiles yeah. overcame any fear of anything that someone was going to do to me because I wanted the car in their front yard more than they did. Mm. <laughs> so I'd go <laughs> knock on their door and ask them if they'd sell it to me. Yeah. Well, but, and that's, again,
1: door-to-door, cold call. That's that, I mean, that's a training you just can't. You can't train that right like you can't teach it it's just something you got to do like you have to experience it and and you have to be in those experiences where you're just literally you know i mean a little freaked out like it's got to be it's got to be a little intimidating at some point you got to feel real awkward at some point to make it work but i don't know it always me when i I, after i met you and it's funny because i you know we talked we never really talked about anything until later i think we were in salt lake when we were down there doing that the sales deal down there and you just can you know, we were, I headed down there and I got there and we were talking on the phone and I said, holy shit, I got here. This place is slammed. Like it's 10 times busier than I thought it was going to be. It was at the salt palace, which I should probably should have known it going to be that busy. But anyway, so I went down there by myself to work this booth and it was insane. I'm like, this is, I'm hammered. And he's like, Hey, I got family in Salt Lake. Do you want me to come down there? I'll throw the kids in and we'll just come down for the weekend. And I'm like,
0: Hey, by the way. Uh,
1: if you're willing to do that, I will pay you, uh, handsomely. Absolutely. If you will please come down. And he did, he jumped in and headed down. Now what's the funny punchline about that? He thinks when he came down, <laughs> he thought going down there that we were selling a different product. Cause I sell multiple products. Right. So like at the time he thinks he goes in there and he thinks that we're going in to sell one product that he already knew. And then he shows up and we're selling a product. He doesn't know. Dude, totally adapted. Surprise! Did he pivot? Fucking killed it. He pivoted um, like motherfucker. I
2: think I sold. <laughs> I sold. a bunch of them. <laughs> so
1: we were just dying laughing, like we're down here on this weekend in Salt Lake. It was just, it was nuts. Well,
0: that's but that's a principle of, like of good, good salesmanship, right? But
2: right. at that it's point, we weren't like close friends. We had just done stuff through Robert or through yep. the supply company I was working for, and uh, so. You know, I just was talking to him about something. I don't I don't even remember what brought it up, but you were saying you were slammed. I'm like, well, I can come up and help. Yeah. He did. And you're like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah.
1: So going back to our topic of positivity, mm-hmm. this guy literally just jumps in his car, drives five hours, throws his kids in the car. They have family down there. So, yeah, my kids will come play with their cousins and we'll hang out. It's Nobody a win-win. Like, we'll do it. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah and uh he came down and just crushed it for two days you know we went down you know came down the weekend we just freaking nailed it and great show but it's literally and we got to know each other really good that weekend I mean we spent time and like I said it was busy most of the time but then we you know grabbed dinner and then just in the slow times and get to talk and stuff and it was probably the thing where I realized like holy shit this guy's just like like you've had some shit in your life I mean we don't need to get into like the details of it but it's like you have shit in your life and you literally just be like yeah and then i got through it and i just kept going i'm like holy shit this kid's the most positive goddamn person and he just powers through everything and you know and it's one of those things now everything's great and things are booming and you're killing it and you moved on to another job and actually it's been this so this you pivoted twice you've had the pivot and then you had the pivot and it's turned out great, yeah. and you know, super, super cool to see you doing doing really well. But so
0: I want to rewind this story. Go back to the moment where he calls you, or however that conversation starts, and you're like, "What went through your head?" You have a guy that you know as an acquaintance who needs help, and you're like, "Hey, what goes through your head?" in terms of the the cycling of of the information when you make that decision what are the factors that go into it
2: um really it just boiled down to someone needed my help i didn't really have plans that weekend so i don't need a whole lot of reasons <laughs>
0: <laughs> that right there the purity of that like you can talk about we talk about the shopping carts we yep. talk about the intentionality of doing the right thing. We talk about positioning. We talk about all of these things. The thing you're talking about, Trevor Brown, about you can't teach that just the intuitive kindness of, hey, you know what? I didn't have that much going on. This guy needed some help. It was a win for my kids. We'd go down there. This is all upside, and I might, who knows? I might go sell a bunch of stuff. You're putting yourself in a position for for some good things to happen. You put your family in a good position, right? There's there really isn't really isn't a downside. But Trevor always talks about the idea that ideas are shit until you execute on it, right? <laughs> you execute on just an opportunity to help somebody. And here's the beauty of it. And this is this is something that I I I would love to infuse into everyone. You weren't looking that far down the road. You're like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go help this guy out. And if nothing comes out of it, it was still a win for my kids. Still a win for me. I had some fun. Maybe I made a little extra scratch on the side. No big deal, right? But all of those little things that you know big deal, sometimes those, they turn into a big deal. And the positivity really does plant seeds. I know I, I could, you and I could go into the whole gospel thing of all of that type of stuff. There's an element of that stuff where when you're putting that stuff out there, it comes back to you. Treating people the way that you want to be treated comes back to you. Not being a judgeful dick comes back to you in the in the sense that people generally respect you and, and they get along really, really well with you. It's fascinating to to step back from that and realize how big a deal it really, really is and how rare it is. That's super cool.
2: So when, that reminds me of a an incident. Um, so I've got like twelve years of HVAC experience. I did a lot of warehouse work, stuff that really I felt like I was underachieving for what I felt like my potential was. And I had won some race gear at a supercross race, and so I went to the local motorsports place in Vancouver and was like, Hey, this is the reigning champions gear from race two. Um, it's autographed. you guys want to put it up and display it? I'm not giving it to you, but you guys can put it up on display for a while. And they're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> we would we, like that. Yeah. That'd and be he, great. And then he goes, and the sales manager goes, what do you do for work? And I was like, oh, I just work at this warehouse over here in Portland. And he's like, you should be doing sales. And I was like, well, is there a base to it? Cause I can't support my family on, you know, hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah. And it was straight commission. And he's like, "I promise you'll do okay." And I was going through some of the step, you know, stuff that Trevor had been mentioning earlier. That had some trials in my life, and um, like was dealing with it on the way to the interview. I was like crying, <laughs> trying to like pull myself together to go into love, this interview.
0: Love that,
2: and a little adversity, a little life adversity. Walk into this interview, did. Good. I had a suit on. They weren't used to that in a motorsport atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Put me on a motorcycle. <laughs> and so, got the job. Long story short, it was there. My first month, I sold 18 and a half units in like 08, 09, whatever that depression was. Uh, in a bad economy, got salesman of the month never having done commission-based sales in my life.
0: You were very popular <laughs> amongst all the guys that weren't working hard and not selling <laughs> anything.
2: Yeah, just to add to that. So the very next month, our our GM never came into our sales meetings ever. And he comes in on Friday morning and he's like, hey, Justin, who's the sales manager, he's like, can I have the floor for a minute? And he's like, sure. So he sits down and he looks at everyone, like kind of gives us all like a stare down and he's like, my message is simple. You all just need to be more like Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? Like, giving me dirty looks. And he's like, he's greeting people at the door. He's walking them to the parts thing if they need parts. He's making sure they got the parts they needed on the way out. He's He sat people down and wrote up car, uh, bike deals before we even taught him the four square. Like... But it's, it's intuitive. The, it's
1: the opposite. Here's what the, it, I'll tell you what, it's the exact fucking opposite If every, not, I'm going to say every because I know some good people and I think some of them listen to the podcast. No. Most of the people that work at Lowe's or Home Depot. It's the it's the fucking, if I don't make eye contact, I don't have to talk to you concept, mm-hmm. where you walk through a Lowe's now, and and I mean, it drives me crazy. I, I did my stint at Lowe's and, and uh, worked at the corporate office there, and it was the biggest frustration of my life, because I had to sit there and just like, I'd walk through stores and nobody knew who I was, so I'd go into a store and I'd walk through just like a normal person, and they would literally do everything they could to not make eye contact with me, and it drove me fucking nuts, and I'd end up and talking to the manager, you know I mean? It, it was insane. Like the, the job. And then we go back to North Carolina. So I, I answered to, you know, North Carolina. So I'd be back there at the corporate office and I'd be like, yeah, this, I'm like, do you understand? Like we have a problem at the ground level where the people that actually greet the customers are Purposely not looking them in the eye because if they look them in the eye, they may have to talk to a customer and do something. You understand how fucked up that is? Like, literally, I've never seen somebody... (laughs) If they worked half as hard at helping customers as they do to not make eye contact with a customer in those places... They'd be doing amazing, and you do just the opposite. You're like literally the guy making eye contact. You're the guy talking to people. Like you, you're not gonna let someone. And here's the thing: in any job you're in, you're gonna do well at. That's why I told you when we first met. I said, "Here's the deal: you, we could put you in a in a Lowe's, and you fucking crush it. But I mean, you're not gonna get compensated for your work. You need to be in a job where you're getting compensated for that that work, right? And that's the other thing: you walk into a place because of your positivity you keep everybody else up Mm -hmm. and that's huge. It goes back to culture, right? We talk about culture all the time. Oh baby. A little bit of positivity goes a long ways. I'm going to tie in the positivity to me. There's a lot of things when I was thinking about this, this episode, there's a lot of things that we've talked about that all tie into it. And oddly enough, they've all been things that have kind of come up recently, you know, and I was, I was up at the cabin this weekend and Bishop was up there and he says, and I had a funny shirt on or a, I didn't think I had Yeah I had a funny shirt
2: on Your face is was. funny
0: Does that count? That's not cool I'm just asking
1: uh, It is funny But uh, I had something I had a shirt on or something. Anyways Something triggered him to say You always have funny shirts Or you, you, you wear funny shirts Or something Oh I think I had Yeah anyways I think I had my uh, <laughs> I think it was just Lions not sheep or something Or sheep Yeah Lions <laughs> not sheep anyway. This
0: is the part where your
1: Inside voice goes I'm confused Let me <laughs> Yeah. I I got Sam Elliott going off right now. I can't even understand. What goddamn shirt was I wearing? I'm going to be thinking the whole time. (laughs) I'm just going to start blurting out what shirt it is. But anyways, but I told him, I said, yeah. I told Jake, I said, the concept. If you just wear a funny shirt, you could totally change your Like a guy could be having a bad day, but if you hit that guy with the right shirt and he reads it and he's like, that's funny, it may change that day, right? And I think that's the culture. That's that kind of thing. If you have, if you're just a positive person, Fuck, if you're not a positive person, but just doing positive things, you don't know how that one little thing could affect somebody, right? And it's amazing. Like We all have the ability to do it. We all don't have to be Andy. And don't get me wrong. You have your fucking bad days. I mean, I'm not. we're not going to blow smoke up people's ass and say that you're 100% positive. No, you're primarily a positive person, which is awesome because it takes some of the pressure off other people that are douchebags most of the time. But I think if everybody just looked at things and just said, you know, I'm going to be a little positive, do something, say something nice to somebody, do something good, you know, a little positivity goes a long ways. And that's what you never know when you say that to the right person on the right day. I'm going to echo that and I'm going
0: to I'm going to tell you a brief story. So I I love this stuff. I'm a super nerd on positivity. I'm a super nerd on culture. I'm a big time communicator. And, and the power of a smile, the power of a comment, it is amazing to watch how people will respond, kids especially, when you validate them. And you just, you're basically just, you're just giving them a little bit of honor, right? But like something as simple as, and, and women especially. So I, I spent a lot of time working for a bunch of radio stations that targeted women. So that was our our primary target for the advertising. So I did a lot of reading on advertising to women. And women are relational. Turns out, if you compliment a woman's shoes, if you compliment a woman's hair when she's had it done, most men don't do this. What I discovered was if you take this much effort and just verbally note it, And just, and you're not, it's not creepy. It's not anything. It is amazing to see how it shifts a conversation with a coworker, how it shifts a conversation with a complete stranger or a client or whatever. And it's just, again, it's just, it's a little bit, you're tipping the balance toward that positive thing with one comment, your shirt. It's one comment. When you've got a guy on staff, if, I mean, if you're the one in charge of the hiring, go find an Andy, go find two Andys. Because then they resonated off of each other, and it is it is so good for culture. And it's not just internal in the building; it's it's every interaction that you have. You have Trevor a an issue with Lowe's because of poor interactions and lots of experience. Imagine if you could infuse some Andyism into that environment, where it's huge. Suddenly I Suddenly it
1: turns around. I tried. I, I honestly, if if I could have, I. I may still be there was a lot of really good things about that company at a corporate level that does not transpire down to the actual fucking store. And that's what pisses me off. We go in there all the time. We are commercial. We have a commercial account there and we buy most of our shit there because we get a discount and we have a card there and we it's just it's convenient. It's close. I despise going in that store because of the interaction and the lack of positivity I get in that store especially me, I my office was based out of that store. I mean, I had, we had offices in every store, but that, that was my close store, so I kind of based out of there. So I know some of the people that work there, they know me. They know, you know, remember when I was a corporate employee there, and they literally are the most negative fucking people I've ever met. Like, they come up to me and they're like, "Just fucking place. Going to Are we go find, to find another yeah. job. Oh, no, But they won't. They never will. But that and but it, it comes back comes but, back to leadership too. You, though. It, so just as much as positivity affects everybody, negativity affects. Everybody. I think negativity
0: is more disruptive. It's it takes it takes five Andes to make up for one dickweed. It's they terrible. just won't shut up. But the, dude, it's cancer, and if you don't, if you got to address the cancer and get it out of the out of the deal. I mean, there's a reason that you hear one bad apple spoils the bunch because it's true
1: right (coughs) it's an actual thing it's a real thing but and it's just you know and in that situation this is where andy like blows my mind because he's so good at this naturally that he doesn't even know he does it that's the beauty he and i so this is a little pet peeve of mine i have a lot of pet peeves like we know certain pet peeves
2: all right like
1: it was funny. I just you keep just,
2: keep him to yourself so well too. I, yeah, he does. I know. I'm very quiet. About I think he them. has a poster in his room.
1: Right. I have a lot of pet peeves. I despise when fucking salespeople start off when they or or anybody, yeah, salesperson, trucking company, fucking truckers, truckers, oh. fucking truckers. Ah, you love truckers. Uh anybody, customer service agents, anybody. When you start your conversation with me with what you can't do. Oh yeah, that's great. That drives me fucking nuts. I'm like, as a salesperson, I'm like the first. Thing, if I know I can't get you that product, the first thing I tell you is what I can do. I literally, if 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 I get a call, which just happens to me a lot, hey, we're out of this product. Uh, we can't get it there till Friday. Okay, most salespeople that I encounter nowadays say, "Hey, yeah." I can't get it there till Friday. Just here's just a little simple word flip that actually will make it better. It's a shitty situation when Andy calls somebody and says it. You know what he says? What's he name? Hey, I can get that there on Friday. Doesn't sound you'd be surprised at just taking the tea off the end of that. No, I'm not surprised because it I, makes a difference. Fucking tell me what you that's can the world do. Okay? I live, man. Dude, dude, or a restaurant that comes out and they're like, uh, Hey, we can't get you. We don't have any fucking pizza. We're out of pizza. Okay. I'm mad. As soon as you say that, I'm like, well, fuck, I want a pizza. And they're like, so here's what I do. I come out as I'm that guy and I'm like, Hey, good news. You're going to get to pick from all these other things we have.
0: Have you tried? You need our- to try
1: the raviolis because the raviolis are fucking amazing. We we can get you some raviolis right now. Turns out
0: they're galactically rated.
1: Right. By the way, you should do those because we're out of pizza. Like, I mean, it's, it's just coming. It's leading with positivity. Lead with what you can do. Tell me what you can do. What can you... You know, when the fucking piece of shit trucker calls me and says that there's no truck, tell me what you are going to do for me. Don't call me and say, hey, I can't do anything. And I go, okay, well, what can you do? And they're like, I don't know. I'm going to
2: bend you over. <laughs> just wait. Because t- I'm a trucker. <laughs> wait what? and call
1: me when you know what you can do.
2: What it reminds me of is... or. Is when you the difference really is is if you genuinely care.
0: Oh my God. We need a ding-ding ding ding, ding sound effect. How do we not have a (laughs) ding-ding-ding sound effect on this? That is ridiculous. Somebody needs, you know what I can do? I can load a goddamn ding sound effect on this thing.
1: (laughs) I'll do it tomorrow. So I promise. And a a backup beeper.
2: For like two weeks I was Sales, where I had been a sales manager at a Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram store. And the last two weeks before we moved up here to Boise, uh, they put me down in sales and had this gal come in. She had terrible credit. She wanted a car. She's like, I can pay $950 a month. Wow. Holy shit! And I'm like, if we uh, go to well, the- Well,
1: we'll take you to the Mercedes dealership. <laughs> I
2: was like, no, this was to get like a $9,000 car. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was bad. I'm
1: going to get you into a brand new Dart."
2: So you a was, negative credit score, she's like, I, and she, she was Spanish. So there was a little bit of a language barrier and stuff. And she's like, I can pay this much. And I'm like, okay, if we go to the desk and tell them that you can pay nine fifty a month, you'll leave here at 12 50 a month. Right. So tell them you can pay 600 a month. And they're like, but I can, I'm like, trust me. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> and this costs me money. Like I'm <laughs>
1: right, right. This doesn't help me. It helps you.
2: And so, um, we go to the desk go back and forth three or four times. They end up leaving at $927 a month, and she's happy as can be. And the next day, the parents came back to buy a car from me because they could tell I was trying to do the right thing for them, even though it was ludicrous. Right. (laughs) Do the
1: right thing. But in that same scenario, in that that scenario, or if you're a douche scenario, in that scenario, (laughs) is you literally took them and showed them they're like, dude, this guy's good, dude. Like, he's trying to help. He's, you're telling him what you can do. You're being positive. It's like it's you're just, being truthful and authentic. Here's the game. I'm gonna help you. Right. I'm gonna do this. We're gonna do this. We're gonna make it right for you. Like, I, there's so many people where they first go to the fuck. Ah. But here's the
2: other ah. thing. part of that too.
0: That's the short term dollar is
1: awesome. Let's go to the desk nine fifty.
0: Right. The long term of it is now I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot you straight. Here's the deal. If you do that, this is how this is going to happen. So we're going to do this to counter off that. And we're going to get you into a car and it's going to be great. And the quote unquote long term of it the next day, right? But the next day turns into six months later, turns into they came back and bought another car. And then they tell 10 people about the great experience they had. And you got to go talk to this guy. You got to go talk to him. Ask for him. That's the long dollar. That's the long term of that. And we've talked about this before. How how long is the maturation rate on some of your on some of your sales where you're you're working the deal for years?
1: Uh, we just closed one after twelve years.
0: Twelve. That's more than a few. I have a child uh, that, that might be extreme. I have a child that was conceived twelve years ago. <laughs> you like how you have
1: raised ago? a child faster yep. than I have been able to close this. And
0: deal. she's a woman. For crying out loud! Oh my god! Oh my, yeah, dude. put that all together.
1: Yeah, I no, I I agree. Like, I mean, that's that is the the idea of it, especially being you know, in in some of our businesses that I mean, you have to think like, okay, I'm going to do the right thing here because it's going to pay off in the line. Everything does. I mean that that's that's been your gift. I mean, Andy's done that the whole time. Like. Like I said, it just goes back to, I mean, you're you are a certain breed of person, which is why I kind of wanted you here because it's, how do you <laughs> You're a breed? He is a breed of person. Well, I think one thing He's that the type is. of person who comes over to your house when your fucking HVAC is fucked up, and he's like, I'll jump down in your crawl space and crawl around with the fucking spiders and fix that thing for you and make it. He made, like, he did, like, like he did, like, sheet metal origami to make a special fucking boot that went on our HVAC system. Is that what you were
0: asking about as a vent? I missed the whole backstory. He's like, is your vent blowing good? And well, I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. They were
2: supposed to cut a vent hole in the bottom of the cabinet, but they were gone on vacation, and the guy didn't do it, and they had uh, laid the tile down and everything. That's a problem. Yeah, and so you yeah. can't really cut tile from on when the, there's a cabinet on top of it. You can't see the <laughs> hole.
1: You don't know where you're going. Mm. So he's like, all right, well, and then there's a floor joist where it needs to be. Okay, I think I can make one. He made this, like, origami swan-looking thing out of metal, (laughs) crawled under the house, attached it, like the whole thing. Fought a badger. (laughs) Yeah. So you can't train. There's nothing you can train on that, okay? But how do you... I mean, let's try to do that. Because, I mean, honestly, that's what this whole podcast is about. The whole reason we do this podcast is that I want somebody that's listening to this to come out of here like, I kind of want to be like Andy. Like, how do you... What can they do? Have you ever, I mean, have you so, ever talked to somebody that's not like you that you've tried to like impart you on them? I mean, is there a way I, to do that? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that and I'm going to pivot slightly.
0: I want you to think of this generationally. There are things that you pulled from your dad, they've, that you pulled from um, your experiences growing up that are part of the fundamental building blocks of who you are. When you're talking to your kids, what are the things that come out of your mouth? <laughs> Not those things. Those yeah, other. Not those. Things. Not all of them. Um, Just when, some when of you're them. talking character stuff, <laughs> when life when life jumps up and bitch slaps them, and they're like, "Dad, like, what are the things that you
1: parent?" How you keep, yeah, how do you keep them positive? Like, what's
2: well? How about like I have my daughter's my youngest. She's 15 right now. A few months back, um, she was like wrestling around with my 16 year old, and I noticed there was like a band aid on the inside of her leg. And I'm like, what'd you do to your leg? And she like changes the subject and is laughing and keeps wrestling, trying to like distract or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, Shelby, what did you do to your leg? And again, she like tries to deflect. <laughs>
0: Dad, have you ever heard of <laughs> Sam Elliott? <laughs>
2: and I was like, okay, hey, Peyton, stop what you're doing. <laughs> Shelby, we're going to have a conversation now. What did you do to your leg? Why, is this, why are you acting so weird? And all of a sudden, she just the waterworks starts crying. I'm like, yeah. what in the heck is going on? How
0: big was the band aid? Like, yeah. Just normal. Mm-hmm.
2: But So she peels the band aid off and she has a tattoo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. I knew it. I knew it. Holy shit. Did <laughs> not see that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I know her and I did not know well, the other way. Did I. I was <laughs> like, are right you in the shitting world? me? <laughs> and I'm like, Whoa. How did that happen? (laughs) And she's like, well, me and my friend bought the ink and a thing, and they did like prison style. Oh (laughs) my God. Shelby has a prison tattoo. It's actually cute. It's like a heart with like a little. Mark above and below, and that's our <laughs> last name. So it's it's cute, but here's what's so funny. I was
1: just about to say, I'm like out of the kids, she's definitely the most like you. That's what I was gonna say, and then I was like, she's got a prison tattoo. Yeah, do you have any well, prison I tattoos? Ha-
2: I have ADD, and so oh and my God. So do all three of my kids, and so we don't always think through the long.
1: That is crazy. Game. Oh
2: my God. Anyway, so I, you know, was hurt that she didn't feel like she could come to us because she wanted a nose piercing and we took her down to have it professionally done and she got her nose pierced. We're like, I'm like, we're pretty cool parents. You know, we're pretty understanding. I don't understand why you wouldn't come to us because one, what if that had gotten infected? That's not. You can lose a leg. Yeah, that's not a safe way to do things.
0: Embarrassing.
2: So she felt mainly she was crying because she realized she had hurt the trust. yeah, um, But kind of to pull back towards the sales and positivity, I think one thing that has drawn Trevor and I together as far as why he thinks I'm a good salesman or thinks that I, you know, I know you're a good salesman, <laughs> um, is that I am a person of action. And so when I can't stand just doing nothing or sitting still doing nothing. My father-in-law had to have every duck in a row before he could go get something done and processor. And so we were sitting there waiting for someone to pick us up. And he had a Jeep that he was supposed to be getting prepped to sell for someone. Cause he kind of did eBay stuff for people for a long time. And, um, it was basically pink. It needed to be buffed and waxed and like, had the color brought back. And I'm like, well, where's your bucket and soap and stuff? He's like, oh, we don't have time for that. I'm like, well, we're literally just sitting here staring at each other. I'd rather get out and get some of it washed or something. So I got the thing washed and halfway waxed before the car showed up to pick us up. (laughs) And he was just blown away. Like he kept talking about all night. I just can't believe how fast you got that done. We were literally sitting around staring at each other. I'd rather go out and get done what we need to get done. Do (laughs) something, yeah. Um, And so I wouldn't say I'm always the best planner. I mean, that's planning and goals are things that I need to get better at. Um, But I am definitely a person of action, and and I genuinely care about people and about what I'm doing. So I think those two things are a pretty big factor. Well, I think it's,
1: and I guess maybe the what you can teach somebody probably and it's you know I mean positive is a plus sign negative is a negative right is a slash, good, very you know, good a sign right yeah it's positive is always moving forward right you're you're forward moving that's kind of what makes you positive it's like all right let's always be making steps forward no matter what the situation is we're gonna just keep moving, making steps forward and I think that's something that you can tell kids of any age or adults of any age. I mean, people that are trying to be like, how do you be more positive? Keep moving forward. Don't stand still. Don't go backwards. Just keep stepping forward. And that's like kind of where you're at. Like you're like, nah, I'm not going to just stand here. I'm not going to just wait. I'm just going to let's make some little steps forward. And you did. You made some difference, right? Like when you're moving forward, you're making a difference. <clears throat> I think that's probably the biggest thing you can get away from trying to get like, you know, how can people be? Well, I'm just not a positive person. You can always be a positive person, you know. <clears throat> if you're looking for it, you'll find it. This
0: is I. I had a guy that worked with us, and he same type of a conversation. He's like, "How are you so positive?" I'm like, "Cause I know it's always there, man. <clears throat> you can find the negative because it's there. You can find the positive because it's there. They're both gonna be present. I mean, you go back to the. I know that there's a bunch of different iterations of the story of the two wolves or the two bears." One's the good and one's the bad. Which one wins? It's the one that you feed. It's the one that you (laughs) constantly get back to and say, I'm going to find the positive out of this because I know there's some stuff in there. And the incredible thing about that is if you establish a pattern of doing that, you turn into an Andy and you auto do it. And you don't even realize you're doing it. And what's even cooler is you don't even realize how you're affecting other people because you're just doing you. And that, I mean, you affect culture just in your presence. And that, that, that's such a cool thing. And if there's anything that I want to infuse into young people, I mean, the world is minus you. It is different. When you walk into the room, you change the flavor of the soup. But you get a choice, man. You're going to be bitter. Are you going to be something that seasons the soup in a really cool way? Because you get the choice. If there's positive and there's negative. You can focus on one or the other. But when you walk into that room, be the seasoning, man.
1: Yeah. What be are you going to be?
0: Be the salt that seasons up the soup that, the soup that makes it good, man. Be? Yeah. So, and I mean, I I I preach that all day long to my kids. I when I'm coaching, it's the same thing. Who's who's in charge of your actions? You. So You're in charge of taking the, the cart back or not? You're in charge of wiping the toilet seat or not?
2: That's where it's going. So I've been married 21 years, and um, we've gone through ups and downs like most relationships probably wouldn't have had. <laughs> um, and we've worked through them, and um, we've both put each other through a lot. But um, on one instance... We were going through some really tough times and there had been some things and and it was to the point where we were about as close as we've ever been in 21 years to ending our marriage and so it was some serious stuff. And uh, I just decided that if I was going to make this work, I can either focus on the things that I was hurt and upset about which I knew would in the long run, not help my children, not help myself. And this relationship would never work. Or I can focus on the things that I fell in love with about this person and try and find some positivity in a pretty dark situation. And so Mm. the next morning um, I bought three dozen roses, put some on the kitchen counter, hid one in her car. I can't remember where I put the other one. And you know, she called me on the way to work and she was like, bawling, like, why would you do this for me? And after the stuff that we've been going through and like, cause if I focus on the bad stuff, it's already over. Yep. And if I focus on the things that make you amazing, then maybe we have a chance. And, you know, I can say that was like 15 years ago or 12 years ago and we're in a great place and we've both worked hard to make it work. And, you know, we've both definitely had our shortcomings and. I certainly don't, not trying to drag her through the mud or anything. We both have made some pretty piss poor decisions along the way, but we got married at like 20 and 22 years old and had a lot of growing up to do. So, Well,
1: it's not that, I mean, like it's such a, such a huge, I mean, and it's jumping from that individual statement, but this goes back to where I say, you know, we, we are that little circle, right? You can control what's, what's in front of you. That is such a metaphor for where we're at in the world today. I mean, not to get this into a a political or bigger thing than what we're trying to do here, but... It's all interlaced, man. It's all connected. If you could just imagine, like, you know, there's so much division in the world today. There's so much people just focusing on the horrible shit. Can you imagine if we actually could all just step back and go, you know what, let's try to look at the positive thing about every person. You know, I mean, we're so quick to say, like... (laughs) This person is so horrible because of all this shit and just exactly what you said. And if you dwell, if you really go at it and I'm talking politics, I'm talking whatever side you're on, you know, I mean, you can go and say, you know, well, Trump is this way and here's all the he's he's all the bad stuff about him. If we
2: could try and find some common ground. Can, and, and yeah.
1: Can you just be like, hey, I don't like this stuff about it. I don't like what happened here. But here's the stuff I do like. Now all of a sudden you start going back and forth like that. Like, I mean, can you imagine if we all just did a little bit of that, just a little bit, to where we're like, you know what? I don't agree with what you're saying here,
2: but I'll bet you we agree on this. I mean, can you, I mean, there's more can be that's stupid. how I've just, done my sales my entire yeah. life. Is there's there's like at the motorsports place, I was new to yeah. sales. There was a guy there that would, I'd say, out of twelve months out of the year, he'd probably outsell me eight of them, not because he was a better salesman than I was. 'Cause in the long run, I think years down the road, if I had stuck with that, I would have it would have turned around and I would right. have kicked Trust his trash. It. But yeah. it was he was forcing sales down people's throats constantly. And I genuinely wanted what was best for people and I genuinely cared about the outcome in the long term of what I was doing that they were
1: happy and they felt good about their interaction with you. And so longevity
2: finding common ground. I mean, I was a active LDS in a like naive Mormon kid at the time doing the sales. Uh, There was a lesbian couple that came in and I only bring that up because they bring it up in the end of, of this quick story. They came in and wanted to get a dirt bike for the two of them to ride and go off road and go camping. And I've done dirt biking in my life. And I was like, look, I I can certainly sell you a dirt bike that you can both get on, and I can't think of anything more dangerous <laughs> than trying to ride two people up in the dirt in the woods in Washington. I mean, there's roots, there's it's wet, it's that's not it's hard enough to ride a dirt bike by yourself. Right. And as like instead of getting this nicer higher end model, what if we went with? And one of them had one to ride it to work and do stuff. The other one really just wanted to do the camping thing. So I was able to turn it around and sell them two bikes and fit both of their needs. And at the end of it, I mean, we spent hours and they were like very financially frugal and they're like, well, we don't do anything the first night, you know, the night that we're talking about it. We have to sleep on it. I'm like, no problem. And I let them go. And that is a big no-no in a dealership. You have Mm -hmm. to touch the desk and then they'll send someone else. And I, I just didn't, they'd already been there a couple hours with me. So I let him go. And my sales manager, not touching the desk. Yeah. Rip me a new one. And I said, they'll be back. And he's like, do you know what the probability of that is? 20%. If they leave this dealership. And I said, really? Well, the last four sales I've had were people that I spoke to earlier this week that came back and bought from me. So I'd say I'm batting about 80%. (laughs) So you can take your 20% and shove it up your pretty much. Hidey ho neighbor. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) and he's like, we'll see. And sure enough, Dana, I think it was like a Friday that, that happened and they came back Sunday and they said, I don't know if you know, they're like, well, we surmise that you don't know what it's like to be a lesbian couple and come into a dealership, whether it's a car dealership or <laughs> a like, motorsports dealership. Nope. <laughs> and uh, they're I, like, you know, you treated us from the second you walked in, you treated us like any other customer and with respect and, and you genuine, you know, we could tell you genuinely cared and that's why we're back to buy from you. And you know you made this a pleasant experience and we really appreciate it so i got two sales out of it and um again it i don't care what walk of life you're from i don't care what your background is i don't care if you have the same political views as me right cuz it doesn't if i can really find really common matter. ground i can probably sell you something Right, cuz
1: you're looking <laughs> for the positive you're looking for i have a, this is a fun story i wanted to bring into this i thought of oh. and heather knows a story she's in the studio audience tonight heather shout um, out Girl boss. Uh, so we were talking, we have a, a developer friend who is, you know, in the construction industry. He de- develops a lot of property. He had a property that he was uh, going to the city council or to the, the city or county. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He was going and playing in zoning and to get this approval on this property he needed. He's done everything he needs to do. He needs to get five people to pass this thing or whatever. Literally two of the people, two of the two. This is where our world's come to and why people are looking for negativity. He got everything to go through. There was no complaints. Two of the people out of the five said that they would not sign it and they would not approve it or vote on it. Because they didn't believe there was that, that there wasn't some negative comments on this. They felt like there needed to be more research done to find more negative comments. They literally said, I can't believe that there's not more. And they said, Did you get so and so to talk? I mean, has, has the county, has the highway department commented on this? And they're like, They know about it but they're not going to send something in saying that they're okay with it. They would only send something in if they oppose it. That's what this whole process is about, yeah. is to look at people that have opposition to this development, not people that, you know, They're not, we're not asking everyone to say they're okay with it. We're asking this yeah. is given them a chance to come here and voice their concerns. And two of the people said, well, I don't feel that we've given an adequate time for them. I can't believe that there's not people here that want to, to, to go against this. They literally, these elected officials... Would not pass That's something in a fucking process that they put into place. This is a this is a, put into place by our polit, you know our policies and our politics put this into place to be an approval process, but they stopped the approval process because in their mind there should have been negative results about this. There should have been people that wanted to oppose it. That's that, absurd. They were literally digging for negativity. And, and I mean, and that's the world that we're living in right now. And I think that's where you, people, if you're listening to this and you're just, I'm not asking you to have a discussion with people. I'm not asking you to 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 talk to other people about this. Soul search yourself. What do you do from a day-to-day basis? Are you that person looking for a negative? Are you guys looking for like, oh, my God, this is going to suck? Or are you walking into something going, this is going to be awesome? I mean, which one are you doing? Because you have that choice. Like you said, You've got you feed one or the other, right? You can if you're looking for negativity, you'll find it. If you're looking for positivity, you'll find it. And that's the biggest thing I think we are struggling with in our world today. I think we struggle with it in sales. I think we struggle with it in customer service. I think we struggle in business in general. I think we have a huge, huge problem with people trying to find what's wrong with something, not what's right with something.
0: And there's an element of that that's part of our society and to be honest it's hard to be positive when you're when when all the shit's stacked up against you and life's not going good Uh, i i i make the comment a lot that golf is a great mirror of character and just of life you learn a lot about somebody when they golf and it's really interesting to see when when a good golfer is having a bad day how do they respond to it because Within them is the ability to golf well. There are just days that you just, but at the end of the day, you're not a professional. I have had
1: 2,000
0: of those days now. I've seen you golf extremely well. (laughs) I've seen you golf where you need to drink a lot more.
1: (laughs) That steering fluid isn't working.
0: No, no. But (laughs) this is kind of the epiphany that I came to recently. Um, I'm going to take this on a slight pivot. Because at the end of the day, there's 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 a lot of judging going on. Worry about your own golf game. Worry about your swing and worry about your positive or negative outlook on your game. Right. So for, for Andy, the way that he does it is at the end of the day, it boils down to really two things. Do the right thing, and it's tied to the fact that he cares. If you care for your fellow neighbors. If you throw a little Mr. Rogers into the world, if you do some of that stuff, it makes an impact. And and really, if at the end of the day... Else,
1: you're going to feel good about you're yourself. You're going to feel good
0: about it, but it's, it is infectious, and, it, and there are ripples to it. And man, does it make a huge difference.
2: So I've had probably the biggest struggle of my life uh, about a year ago. My brother passed away at uh, 48 and totally seemed reasonably healthy was running our family HVAC company in Vancouver, uh, walked into the ER under his own power collapsed and they just could not, they revived him three times. Just couldn't stabilize him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was pretty devastating. Um, and so it took me a while (laughs) to find some positivity, positivity and kind of find the light again. Mm -hmm. Um, But it just, the thing that kept coming back to me was my brother was like one of my best friends. And so all he ever wanted was for people to be happy, the people that he cared the most about, and he would do anything for them. And so I just kept thinking, well, if I continue to not live up to my potential and I continue to find, you know, to let this depression kind of sink in that's not what he would want for me. Mm. And as hard as that is to try and, I mean, that honestly is probably one of the biggest struggles I've ever, and I still obviously. And it's a process. You work,
0: you work through it, but it's the same thing that we talked about. You're a dude of action. At the end of the day, it is a step. If it's one step that I make today, it's one step that I made. And depression, man, Depression sucks. Anxiety sucks.
2: Well, especially when you're, I mean, I'm not used, I'm not someone who really likes to live there. So, you know, when, even when, like he said, when there's a shit storm going on around me, I put a smile on my face and if, if I can, I, I don't know what brought it on or how it came to be, but like I was the youngest of four. And so I had two older sisters and an older brother and my sisters were were pretty and dated all the time. And they'd always come back and tell me about these dates they went on that were terrible. And the guys put no effort in and didn't do anything. And so I'd plan these like mega dates and spend my entire check. And I'm like, if I make sure that my date has fun, then I'm probably going to have a good time. Yep, And I've kind of, I didn't really think about it until now, but I kind of have done my whole life like that. Like if right. I'm having a good time, probably the people around yeah, me are have having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so That's
1: well, exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, you look at, you know, and and like I said, I was around and, and went through that, with you know, I, I hesitate to say with you, but I was around you. And uh, when, when that happened with your brother and that's, that's the thing, like even through that, I mean, that was a horrible, horrible thing. And, but you're right. You're, you know, your brother would want you to, continue to be you and be positive and make and live you're 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 spreading his legacy right and that's the thing it's like there's there's a lot of people in this world that can look at that and go this makes no sense he was 48 he was fine he you know he didn't feel good he went you know like all these things like this is bullshit like it shouldn't happen and and honestly I, I think i lean that way in some ways like there's part of me that's like this is bullshit why does this happen kind of deal right like what did I do to deserve this? What did he do to deserve? Why does this happen? And and it's easy to go negative there, but it's also especially very good of you to be able to see, oh, this is what he did. And I'm gonna I'm gonna live his legacy because now you're the guy in the family that's gonna do that for him. You know, you're gonna live on and do that for him. So I think that's that's where you take a positive. I mean, that's the ultimate of taking a positive. So you again talking to our listeners all Seven hundred fifty-eight million of them. It's a lot of them. If you're listening to this and you're and, and you've got problems in your life, welcome to humanity. There's people out there that have it worse, man. <laughs> yep. You know, I mean, we've all gone through shit. Trust me. And I mean, it's not a contest, but you know, and you you know, and I I mean, trust me. There's, I don't care how bad your life is. There's somebody that wishes they could switch places
2: with you. So the period like literally two weeks ago had a customer come in. I don't want to tell his story because it is hard to fathom a child having to go through anything worse than this. And it just made, I was like, I was just kind of dumbfounded. Like I didn't even know how to console the guy and try and help him feel better. Like the things that he had had to deal with at such a young age just heinous and it's like wow I really didn't have it that bad (laughs) you know and so you know I just said hey if you ever want to talk you know and I appreciate you feeling comfortable enough to share that stuff with us and
0: that's a huge deal and again it 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 goes back to connectivity like at the end of the day man people want to be they want to be seen they want to be validated like kudos to you for just validating and listening and not trying to solve it, not trying to come up with some advice, right? Because it really, most of the time, we just want to be heard and feel like you're really listening.
2: And sometimes I, I do feel like I do try and fix too much, but. It's because you're a guy. And sometimes, you know, this, honestly, I was just so taken off guard and, take him back i just I, all i could do is like try and console the guy and, and tell him i was really sorry that he you know I which might
0: have it. been exactly what he <laughs> needed i mean that's the beauty of it but that again it it goes back to the the mm-hmm. relational aspect is such it's the primary function i mean really when you think about it um so I, I work in a marketing and advertising realm. And so we're always coming up with catchphrases and all these different things. But there is a catchphrase that we use for one of the automotive um, clients that we have. And they have a ton of car dealerships up the, the western U.S. But I, I, and it's such a subtle thing, but I love the power of it because it captures something within one sentence. I, I talk about it all the time. What's your bumper sticker, right? What do you stand for? What's your, What's your core thing, right? We're, we're not here to sell you a car, we're here to help you buy one. There's so much packed into that one sentence, you're that guy, you're the guy that's like, listen, you don't want one motorcycle, you want two, because trust me, you don't want just one. But it's you're gonna help, you're gonna listen to their needs, right, as a good salesperson, you're gonna identify the best solution for them, and at the end of the day, if it might be your competitor, You might send them down the road packing. Because, hey, listen, you know what you really need? You really you you might want to see this. And here's the guy you you probably want to go talk to. That's not the short-term win, right? That's the long-term win. And we, I mean, we we talk about that being authentic. We talk about being honest with people because people are smart, man. They'll figure it out. And when you do treat them right. It, it, they will, they will not remember all of the different things, all the details. They will remember how you made them feel.
2: So one interesting thing, when I was the sales manager at the Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram store, I had roughly six to eight salesmen under me. And I had one kid who was the top salesman, I think still is at Stephen Wade Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in St. George, Utah. And he would sell a hat trick probably two to three times a week. Wow. And the rest of the salesmen, I had two or three other salesmen that were probably as good as he was, as far as getting that first sale. And they, they cared more. He could straight face lie to people. And I did not like that. (laughs) And I tried to get him, you know, to not do that. And, um, but he was just crafty. The thing that that the difference between him and the rest of my salesmen were, is this drive. He was driven. He didn't care whose toes he stepped on. He didn't care if he just like he literally had people in the box signing papers, and he would go out and start another car deal. And I'm like, you cannot do that. Like I don't I don't have a problem with you working hard, but you don't don't do that again because you're not taking care of the customers that. And so, but he, he would sell three times the cars of the rest of my salesmen, and the other salesman would sell one and they'd be all happy that they sold their one and they would check out the rest of the day. (laughs) There's your drive. And he had a different gear and it, it was interesting to see it. How old was he? He's 20, probably 24 now. Right. But at the time he was 21. The cool thing was, is I had met him on a motorcycle ride before I went to that dealership. And he was in, not in good light with the rest of these riders. And I didn't know them. This was like the first ride I had done with them. And he had missed the turnoff and had gone riding. And I'm like, hey, how come no one's going after this guy? And they're like, oh, we don't care. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, that's not cool. We just rode like 25, 30 minutes and he's still going thinking that we're <laughs> up the road somewhere um so i hopped on my bike and went and and rode him down and brought him back over and i didn't know this kid from adam never met him before in my life so then fast forward like a month or two and he's had just started at this car dealership right. and they kind of cherry picked me from a motorsports place in st george and initially we're going to they're like well, we can try you at sales and then maybe we'll give you the sales position, this management position. And I'm like, no, either you're going to hire me for the manager position. Or I'll go back to this. <laughs> doing what I'm place. doing, <laughs> um, Cause I know how dealerships work and they don't tend to follow through with, you know, <laughs> nope. we, we might do this. Yeah, no, you won't. <laughs> and so I hired on at, at the position I, I wanted in, uh, He actually, the other sales manager, I was coming in. They didn't have two sales managers before. They were trying to double their sales. And this other sales manager had been every position in a car dealership. He had been a GM and everything. And then when the economy crashed, kind of got knocked off his pedestal and had to start over. And he was not, he was cutthroat, like been car dealership 20, 30 years. Mm, Old school. And uh, he got to handpick his team. And I had one guy who had more than three months of automotive sales. And the rest of my guys were like within the first month. And <laughs> he got this kid that I had met and I didn't know him, know him, but I was like, you know, I had, was only one I knew really in the dealership. And about a week in, one of the salesmen he had given me was upset that he wasn't on the other sales team with this experienced sales guy. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And I was like, pulled him aside. And the other kid was about to quit. Cause the guy sat him down and said, I don't think you have what it takes to sell cars. You're, you're, I don't know. He just did you're not. 21. Mesh. <laughs> yeah. He did not mesh with this kid at all. Right. And I'm like, I'll switch you. I'll switch you with, for this other guy who wants to be on your team anyway. And he's like, done, <laughs> you know, cause this other guy had a track record of selling. And so, I get this kid and his first month he sold like two less than this guy that had his own sales office because he was like the top salesman and all the Stephen <laughs> Wade yeah. within two months he was out selling him every month. I was there for nine months that I was there and he's, he made $110,000 his first year selling cars <laughs> at 21 years old, yeah. but he's not cut out for the car business. No, <laughs>
1: no leadership. I bet you he was a positive person. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: The interesting thing. Hundred and ten
1: thousand dollars on your twenty-one years old will make like a, you a very positive person. I was his that's closest
2: a, friend, and it was pretty fun. Yeah. It's yeah, <laughs> like a fun. million dollars for us. Uh, <laughs> Vegas, <laughs> like Vegas was right. only two hours away. So, yeah. He, he did have a slight gambling problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that the the first thing that I think of when I hear that story is I wonder where he'll be when he's thirty, if he still has the drive and if he but but he figures out a few things and he's like, "Oh, you know what? There's actually these guardrails in place for a reason and if I if I continue this drive and intensity with the with the appropriate guardrails to build relationships, I will make so much money." That but it takes 10 years to figure that out.
2: It was interesting too cuz that first I'd say after the first month when that other guy got him on his radar, when that top salesman smelled blood in the water. He was like trying to step on his deals. He would walk in to get like a number for a car yeah. or get the keys, and all of a sudden that top salesman was out talking to those people. And he was on the other sales team. And I'm like, "What's going on? You that was your customer." And he's like, "Yeah, he he stepped in and I didn't want to make a scene." I'm like, I'll make a scene. Yeah, no, I was I like, party, I'll make, make a, scene. a scene, or you know, th- this is totally unacceptable. I went to the GM. I'm like, if he does it again, I'm not going to just make a scene. behind you know, when the guy comes in, I'm going to make a scene in front of the customers, and you know, you need to handle this.
0: Was his name Derek? It just sounds like a Jeff. Oh, no,
2: Jeff is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Jeff. But Jeff. I think he saw. I think oh, he saw the potential of this kid and the blood in the water and.
0: Well, and that's, I mean, the car business is super competitive and it's, it has shifted and changed in the last 10 to 15 years significantly. And there's still a lot of guys trying to do it old school and there's some companies that are trying to clean it up and make it. But at the end of the day, man, it comes down to what does that little number say? And you got to figure it out. You got to balance it, which is (laughs) sometimes challenging. So
1: I think, I think it's a. you hit the nail on the head. If if you're if you're in that position, you're that kid. Uh, write it out for a minute, but more than likely, you figure out how to pivot that into something different. And, but you find that motivation and that competitiveness to close and things like that. Next thing you know, you put that kid in real estate, oh my God. or you put that kid in mortgage, or you put that kid. in. He you wants know, out like, of what he's doing. So like, like, if we can find I, him an avenue, he. I'm is. I'm telling this. you, you put that motive. If he's that motivated. Uh, my you know check season one Listen, to my brother ian brown listen to him you know going into a saturated market of being a real estate agent but you if you're that motivated he'd crush it tell him to call my brother i bet my brother would pick him up in a
2: heartbeat
0: it I sounds said like a, with him it sounds like a movie about to start mm-hmm.
2: oh yeah yeah That'd be cool. A couple of years down the road to do a podcast with him yeah. after he's with brother. We set
0: that up. Uh, love it. Uh,
2: where's our three <laughs> percent?
1: Huh? No, I think uh, we're getting close to wrapping up here. Yeah, you know, I'm going to hit this in just a little bit. Okay, you ready? You just, you just no, I'm not quite ready for that okay. yet. You give me the nod and I'll hit it. Okay, my fingers hovering. I yeah. think uh, in hindsight, like like I said, thank you for coming, Andy. Thanks for having. You, you killed it. Uh I think that the, the whole idea here is the positivity thing. I want every you know, anyone that's listening, I mean, there's everybody can do something positive. Mm. It's going to help other people. There's other people that I know listen to this podcast that, you know, you're if you got to, you're dealing with, with big things and you're dealing with people in your life that aren't positive, which a lot of us do. We all deal with a lot of people in our lives that aren't positive. You got to overpower that and you got to be worried about what you do let the the negativity will drag them down like an anchor. Cut the rope. Let the anchor drop where it's going to drop. Let the negativity take them down. You're not going to change a lot of people that I get. Mm, preach. I'm going to be, I'm going to take a negative side here and say, you can't change negative people very often. It's pretty rare, Right. If you're a positive person, you want to be a positive person, you have positive drive, be positive for you and the people that want to be positive around you. And and, and pull yourself tight together with those other positive people. We say it again and again. You are who you surround yourself mm. with. Surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself with Andy. Surround yourself with find Jody. Yourself, find yourself in Andy. Surround yourself with me. Yeah. I'm the big spoon. Oh, yes, you. I just think that you... You have to surround yourself with those positive people. And if you have negative people in your life, cut them out. Get the fuck away from them as fast as you can. They're anchors and they'll drag you down. Um, I'm telling you, positivity will always win. It will always, always, always win. Negativity sometimes,
0: on- hey, it takes. Sometimes it takes a little
1: bit. Negativity only wins if you let it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You killed it.
0: No, thank you. No, thank you. You guys going to fight over the thank yous?
1: No, thank you. No.
0: I like this podcast. I like positivity. Mm-hmm.
1: We'll do something positive next time, too. Yeah. Well, Keep it positive. That's what we do.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us.
1: All right. See you next time.